Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash swanson50 and use code swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor meals. Christian Parenting. Aloha friends, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, podcast host and author of Boy Mom, What Your Son Needs Most From You. Here on the podcast, it's my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising boys in this sometimes crazy world. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here. your kids better than anyone, right? And you're more tuned into them than anyone. You have time to have conversations about what's working, what's not. I like to include my kids in that process when I see they're really struggling with something on a consistent basis. Everyone's going to have a bad day every now and then. So, but when it becomes the rule and not the exception anymore, then it's time to sit back and go, okay, let's go through what is it exactly that that's causing you grief here? Because what we're doing then is we're helping them own what they're doing because we're saying, hey, I value what you think. I need to know what's going on with you. You were teaching them to be self-aware. And these are important life skills to be able to stop and say, this hasn't been going well. I need to problem solve and learn how to ask yourself the right questions and then figure out where to go from there. Hey friends, welcome back to the Boy Mom Podcast. So glad you're here with me. I really appreciate you taking time to hang out with me every week. Now you're just listening to a short clip from today's guest, Dorenda Wilson. And you know, I just love podcasting for a whole lot of reasons, but I love getting to know new friends. And before I ever hopped on this interview with Dorenda, I felt like I had known her for a lifetime. Just something about the way she writes when I read her book, checked her out on social media, and just love her grounded, wise ways. And I think you're going to love her too. So I know a lot of you out there have asked me to do more episodes talking about homeschooling, and it's always a little tricky because I know not everyone homeschools. In fact, a small percentage of the world homeschools. But what I love to find is somebody whose approach to homeschooling, the things they talk about are going to be relatable, helpful, and encouraging no matter if your kids go to school or if they're homeschooled. And I think that's what I love about Dorenda Wilson. Now, Dorenda has raised 
eight kids. She's got a bunch of grandkids. She's been homeschooling for over 25 years. And she's just that seasoned mom that you're like, you know what? I trust her. I could learn a lot from this person. And so no matter what kind of school your kids go to, I do believe that just listening to her is going to be that comforting voice, that that wise and seasoned mom that can speak into your life and say, you know what? It's going to be okay. And, and don't freak out and take it easy. And so I just love this conversation so much. I just have a ton of fun talking to Dorenda. Wish I could meet with her in real life. Now, Dorenda has written two books. We're going to be linking to both of those in show notes. But today we're talking about the four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. Now, you're going to hear us talk because I always, and I've admitted this before on other episodes where we talk about homeschooling, but I am one of those homeschool moms that hasn't been great at just like... Uh, releasing all of my memories of what a traditional school day looks like. I kind of am a little bit rigid in that I want to check all the boxes. I want to make sure my kids are getting everything they would in school. Now, I don't want my home to look like a traditional school classroom. I want to do things, you know, in a more relaxed environment, more nurturing environment, give them a lot of opportunities. But I tend to come back to like a little bit more structured days. And so for me to hear from someone like Dorenda, who's able to say, you know what, they do okay cutting it down, simplifying some of the things she says about what she had her kids do in elementary and middle school. You'll hear me be like, wait, what? Seriously? And, they, and they're and they okay? They're like engineers and they have families. They're grown up and doing great things now. Yes, her kids have grown up to do great. So I need people like Dorenda to just remind me that it doesn't have to look like I tend to think it has to look like and our kids are going to be okay. So with that, I think you're going to be encouraged, again, whatever school situation your kids are in. Now, I want to thank you so much for being here. I want to thank you for your ratings and reviews. You guys, they have encouraged me so much. I've received a number of recent ratings and reviews, so I thought I would share one more with you today. I just thought this one was so much fun, and it comes from, it looks like maybe Janelle's mom, um, J-N, capital L's mom. Um, She titled it, Thank You, and she left five stars. Thank you so much, Janelle's mom. And she says, hello, (laughs) I saw your book, Boy Mom, on Amazon, requested it for a birthday gift, and got it which led me to your Instagram, which led me to your podcast, which led me to your website. And she's given me the praise hands emoji. I have not been able to stop listening to your podcast since I started the week before last. I listen primarily while driving to and from work. So it's no surprise that I'm sitting at the gas station before I pump gas with it on my heart to just say, thank you, all caps. Every episode I've listened to so far is so perfect. I've been so touched several times that I've started to tear up. I even believe that I managed through a difficult talk with my oldest son last night and was blessed by some insight I got from things you and your guests have shared. My book list is growing because of all the topics you cover and I am able to find more biblical parenting-centered people to follow on Instagram, so I thank you for those things too. Janelle's mom, you made me tear up. That just is like the biggest compliment and I appreciate appreciate you taking time to leave those words. So friends listening, if you haven't left a rating and or review yet, it's super easy. If you're on your phone, you just find my podcast, you scroll down and you can tap on those five stars. That is 
wonderful on its own. But if you want to say a few words specifically about an episode you love or something about the show, feel free to leave a few words. This is how more people around the world will find the Boy Mom Podcast, and it means the world to me. It's just a huge encouragement. So thank you again for that. And um, now, without further ado, I want to share this awesome conversation with Dorenda Wilson. I hope you enjoy. Well, hey, Dorenda, welcome to the Boy Mom Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, well, you and I just kind of got connected online recently, and I just felt like I have known you forever somehow. I was like, we have to be friends. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just so happy to um, be connected with you and then to get to share you and um, your, your heart for homeschooling and for parenting with everybody. So I've got a whole bunch I want to talk about today. Before we dive in, can you just give a quick introduction to who you are, all your kids, where you live, all the rest? (laughs) Okay. Well, I am married to Daryl and we've been married for almost 32 years. We have uh, eight kids five boys and three girls and the ages oh, are feels. yeah yeah <laughs> 16 to 30 so um we've uh, been homeschooling over 25 years and uh so we've graduated seven we have one left and so the the finish line is in sight and uh, i'm also the author of the unhurried homeschooler which was uh is a book that just recently published and uh i'm a host at the Dorenda Wilson podcast All right. Goodness. So many good things. And so the unhurried homeschooler came out first and then the four hour school day. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Okay. Awesome. And of course we'll be linking to, um, to everywhere you can find her books as well as where you can follow Dorenda, uh, in the show notes, but tell us a little bit more like where you live and kind of the whole background of your family. (laughs) Well, um, we live in North Carolina, but we actually just moved here four years ago uh, from Washington State, and we were there for about um, 28, 29 years. Um, So 14 years on the west side of Washington and 14 years on the east side. And where are all the kids now? (laughs) Well, we have one in Washington State, a son there who's, um, uh, he works at a Christian camp. And he loves it. Um, it just almost to, he's almost at the Canadian border, so he's really, really far north of Spokane. Um, and then uh, another son is a software engineer in Denver. He works for Amazon. Okay. And then a daughter and son-in-law and two grandkids who live in Idaho, uh, Coeur d'Alene, and then all the rest are here. So we have five here um, wow. that moved with us, including a daughter, son-in-law, and soon-to-be uh, baby number five. Okay. So here, this is the life of a big family. You think it's going to get less complicated as they get older? It doesn't. So we've got a daughter due September 1st with her fifth baby and then a son getting married on the 10th. And she always goes over. And so we, we're, you know, it's, it's going to be an adventure. And so that's where we're sitting right now. And then wow. we've got, yeah. And then we've got uh, three other sons here and our 19 year old daughter. So yeah. Oh my goodness. See, mm-hmm. I just think that sounds like so much fun. I don't know about everyone listening, but I'm just hitting that stage now where I'm like, oh my goodness, grandkids and yes. just all the growing family stuff sounds so It's really exciting. fun. There's always something going on and we have a really good relationship with all of our kids. So incredible. You know, it's just we're a cohesive family, but we're not like 
we're not in each other's, you know, grill all the time. We're just in in each other's business. There's, there's a, there's a respect for each other, but also Mm -hmm. just this really deep love for each other and this bond. And I know that that was because, um, we all spent so much time together over, over the years, you know, and I, I can't see that we would have that same thing had we sent everybody to different classrooms, you know, at school every day. Yeah. So I, I'm really thankful that we had the Mm. opportunity to give them that foundation, um, you know, grow a strong, healthy family, um, and prepare our kids for, for life. So I love it so much. And even though people are spread out, I'm sure that thanks to technology, you are, the siblings all stay connected. You guys are able to keep up with one another. Yeah, technology is great that way. It, it used is. to be when you moved across the country, you know, you'd have that occasional phone call that cost you an arm and a leg to make. Right. And yeah. now it's like I can pull up my phone anytime and and get the grandkids and and they, you know, they know me when they see me in real life and, you know, it's it's great. It's wonderful. Oh, I just love it so much. Okay, and then just a little more background. This is, you know, everyone listening has to know that some of this is just my own interesting curiosity, but hopefully <laughs> well, other people. <laughs> yeah. So you, uh, did you start writing after, you know, at what point did you begin writing, sharing your life online and in books? <laughs> well, uh, several years ago, um, I can't remember how many, I guess it would be about, oh, nine-ish years ago. Um, Heidi St. John is a as is a friend of mine. We've been we've been friends for 21 years. And anyway, Another long story short. Yes, yes. And she said to me, you know, um, have you ever thought about having a blog? And I'm like, no, there's so many blogs out there. Nobody wants to hear another one. Like there's so much noise out there. I get overwhelmed easily. So I was like, no, nah, I don't want to add to the noise. And she's like, no, I really think you should start one. And then, and hey, by the way, would you write for mine for a while? You know, she had a group yep. of us writing for her. So that was kind of my first taste of kind of getting out there a little bit. And then a few years later, a couple years later, um, my husband was the one who basically out of the blue said, you should write a book. And I started laughing. I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> and I realized he wasn't kidding. And, uh, and, and I said, well, what, what would I write a book on? He goes, you should write a book on homeschooling. And then again, I was like, there aren't enough books out there on homeschooling. Like, I don't, I don't think so. What, what I said, besides nobody would want to hear what I have to say because, you know, our homeschooling was so simple and straightforward and it was a really good fit for us. But I was kind of almost embarrassed to share it with other people because I thought they're going to think I'm lame, you know, and (laughs) (laughs) it's actually what everyone wants. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's what, that's how the unhurried homeschooler came around. So I, it took me a, a while to decide that I was even going to try. So I went to the library one day and I just thought, if I could tell a young mom or a mom that's starting out homeschooling anything, what would I want her to know? And then I just started writing and it started coming and it turned into a whole 64 pages. <laughs> and so this is the simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, as Good. I call it. Yes. Um, and that book has done, that has sold over 30,000 copies. And wow. so, and it just keeps selling. And so wow. I'm just really thankful. It's like, oh, well, my husband was right. I guess that was a good idea. And so, <laughs> because I, I'm constantly hearing from moms who are just like, thank you for giving me permission to do what I feel like is in my heart to do. And see, that's the thing about books and speaking and, and having a podcast is what you're doing is you're just putting into words what is already in the hearts of the moms. And you're saying, it's okay for you to do this. You're giving them permission to simplify, permission to slow down, permission to say, you know what? I think this is too much for us 
or my mm-hmm. child or mm-hmm. whatever that you can make that decision for your own children and it's and it's a and it's a good thing. It's something you should do because that's that intuition that God has put in you exactly. for your own children. And yes. so I'm not writing rocket science or anything like that. I was just daring to share something that, you know, I, I wasn't sure would, you know, mean anything to anybody, but apparently it's just a mom heart. And and a lot of moms have mom hearts. Most moms have mom hearts. And and it just resonated with them. And I'm so thankful for that because it's changed the trajectory of so many families and how they're homeschooling. And I just had, I never imagined. I just didn't. And it's something only God can do. Mm. Oh, I just love it. And yes, I think that you're just speaking to that heart that I hear from so many moms who are just really on the fence. You know, after the pandemic, I think some people got excited about the idea of homeschooling and other people got turned off because it wasn't, you know, what they were doing right. wasn't wasn't homeschooling. They were being no, forced to do that remote that, thing yeah. is harder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that there's still such a curiosity. And so I'm so thankful to have this book in front of me, the four hour school day, and to be able to learn from you because I'm down to, well, I have two still homeschooling, two in college, two here. One is a senior, so he's pretty much independent. He's also, you know, spending much of his time in his surf career. So school is happening around surf. Right. But then but then I still have this 11-year-old. And uh, last spring, early summer maybe, I shared in a podcast episode that I was looking into putting my 11-year-old in school. And I had a number of reasons that that made a lot of sense. And, and it still may someday. I'm, I've never said that homeschooling is for everyone always, though the longer I do it and the more I learn about it, I, I think a lot more people would love homeschooling if they gave it a shot. So there's my that's my conviction is if you tried it and saw that it's not as bad as you think it's going to be, you might actually love it. But mm-hmm. for me, um, I was looking into putting my 11-year-old in school, whether it was just for a year or to see how he does for the future. Um, so I shared that on the podcast and I haven't really followed up. I think I maybe mentioned in a in a social media post or two that, yep, we're back to homeschooling this mm-hmm. fall after all. And so what I've realized is that it's it's not time to put him in school and that though there's a, could be some good reasons I could tell anyone, including myself, that he should be in school. I really felt like my, my, um, reasons to homeschool were more. And so as we face this new year, I'm feeling like though I want to keep homeschooling, I need to make some changes. We need to do things different because we didn't really wrap up last year. I feeling like I wanted it to. Right, it, right. And and so what I want to learn from you and where I'm hoping to be inspired and your book is already totally inspiring me is, is how we can make this day work simplifying things. I'd like to get to the point where we do what we need to do, but we don't, don't try to make our homeschool day look like the eight hour traditional right. school day. Um, I personally feel like I need to cover my bases. Now, some of this is just my personality, but I really want to cover my bases because I do, you know, want to keep that door open to a college career down the road. But keeping that on our radar, right? And you probably agree that it's good to keep that door open in case your kids, you know, you can't become a doctor or, a, you know, there's certain careers that you have, you have to go to college. Others right. you don't. 
So talk to us about this eight-hour school day and how you suggest we can actually fit that into a shorter day at home. Okay. So first of all, um, you have to know that in those eight hours at school, there is a fraction of the time that learning is actually happening. You ask any teacher, you send them there for that long, but you know, there's crowd control, there's interruptions, they're sending this kid to that reading group and that class, and this one has to do this. And then, you know, maybe someone's being a disruption in the classroom. There are so many things that can keep learning from actually happening in the classroom, so many distractions. So, so that right there reduces the amount of time that you have to do this um, as a homeschooler. Um, because learning can be so much more efficient and effective because you can spend time learning the things or teaching your kids what they need to, to learn through the things that they enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, and also streamlining, um, subjects, you know, like I can, and I did this in high school as well, not just grade school where I would say, okay, um, my kids went through the mystery of history, um, one volume each year. Um, of high school, so four volumes, and they would read a chapter and then they would write a summary. So right there, we've gotten reading, we've gotten writing, and I would go over what they wrote. We'd, you know, look at the content, but then we'd also go back and look at how's the punctuation on making sure, but usually by then they had that down pretty well. Yep. But, you know, if I saw a lot of mistakes consistently, I could pull out um, easy grammar. Easy grammar is a little simple, straightforward workbook that just goes through all the basics of, um, of punctuation and all that. So, so right there, you have totally streamlined your kids learning because mm. you're tuned in to that one or two or three kids. You know, they say, and it's true that, um, the most successful students are ones with a low student teacher ratio, right? So me with my eight kids was still a low student te teacher ratio, yeah, it was. you know? So, I, I mean, compared to a 25, 30, room classroom. Plus, you know your kids better than anyone, right? And you're more tuned into them than anyone. You have time to have conversations about what's working, what's not. I like to include my kids in that process when mm -hmm. I see they're really struggling with something on a consistent basis. Everyone's going to have a bad day every now and then. So, but when it becomes the rule and not the exception anymore, then it's time to sit back and go, okay, let's go through what is it exactly that that's causing you grief here? You know, like this is getting to be a consistent thing, whether it's, you know, math or language or whatever, and sit down and say, okay, what is it that, is there something you're not liking about this? Is What are you struggling with? And really have that conversation because what we're doing then is we're, we're, we're uh, helping them own what they're doing because we're saying, hey, I value what you think. I need to know what's going on with you. You're mm -hmm. teaching them to be self-aware. These mm -hmm. are things they're learning on top of the things we're trying, you know, the regular language and all that. And these are important life skills to be able to stop and say, this hasn't been going well. I need to problem solve and learn how to ask yourself the right questions and then figure out where to go from there. Be resourceful. Those kinds of, these are all things that are just unbelievable. They're so, I will, I will go as far to say, as to say they are more important mm -hmm. than most of the information that they're Absolutely. getting while they grow up. Yeah. They're growing because, up. So, because now you're talking about character development, you're talking about emotional intelligence, communication skills, uh, things that can really happen between a mom and a child. Right. And teamwork. And relationship yeah. and yeah. all the, you are, you are educating your child in a multiple number of ways while you're overcoming a problem. 
So instead of looking at the problem like, oh, this is an obstacle that's going to slow us down, stop and look at it like, well, what do we have? What kind of opportunities do we have here? Um, let's just start asking the right questions. And it's, it's as simple as bringing them into the conversation. And sometimes you don't get it solved right there in one sitting. And you say, you know what? I'd like you to pray about it and I'm going to pray about it. And then let's talk about it again tomorrow. Mm, and, you know, that. and then having this conversation, not when they're upset and they're disappointed in themselves and they're down on themselves because it went really poorly again, give them a chance to calm down, get their emotions together and, and then just go do it in a setting where it's relaxed. You know, yep, yep. for you, it'd be like, go to the beach or go out for coffee or, you know, you know, something where they feel relaxed and safe and they can actually really tap into what really is the problem. And so, you know, but these things take time and that's why, and that's the beauty of homeschooling is we can actually take the time to do these things. And these are foundational. And, you know, the other thing that I want to say too is, and I know this isn't for everybody. Well, first of all, I'm much like you. I have to know there's a certain amount that's getting done every day. Some people have asked me, are you an unschooler? And I say, no, I am not. I am not tough enough to be a homeschool, an unschooler. I'm just not. Um, I need to know. And and I decided that early on, like, I, I can't just let everything, you know, just go whatever and no. flow with it. That's not, I'm not wired that way. But I also don't want to make everything about the bookwork. So what I chose to do is from kindergarten to eighth grade, um, we did not do any set history or science curriculum. I let them, pers- you know, if, if something struck an interest. We were always having conversations. There sure. was always something going on. And I would, you know, they would reading say, books yeah, we would the, be reading yeah. books and sometimes there'd just be, you see the super, you know, strong interest in George Washington. Well, then we're going to kind of go down that road a little bit, you know, would you, would you like to watch a documentary? Should we, let's go to the library and pick out a few books on George Washington and you engage them in that. And in that process, they're reading, they're learning to find books at the library. They're being resourceful. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're learning how they learn. And so all this, they're building a relationship with learning. And and so that is way bigger than making sure that, okay, we're done with George. We're moving on to the next thing, you know, because this is what our um, planner says we're doing, you know. Wow. Wow. And okay. so Did, was this like so hard? I'm, I'm just, that kind of blows my mind. K through eighth. So you just had the confidence that they would learn enough by following their passions and and knowing that you had ninth grade to then do a more typical Well here's what here's yeah. what I thought. I thought to myself, how much do I remember about science and history <laughs> in grade school? It was zip zero nada. And you know why? Maybe just an occasional fun thing here and there and that was it. But do you know why? Because our brains are still developing during those years and we can't actually connect all the dots. Like when I want, when I have my kids do history, other than just, you know, of course I want them to engage and be exposed to different parts. And they do that as they're interested because once they're interested, they're going to retain it. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I figured. Let's just stick to the stuff that's interesting to them. And, you know, we can always offer things. We don't always have to let it be them initiating. We can say, here's a buffet of ideas. Is there something fun? Is something here that is attractive to you? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? So we can do that. But I mainly just had good books laying around. Our kids watched um, uh, Liberty's Kids. And then that would usually uh, oftentimes have them go in. They would 
they would be interested in something they heard on there or saw on there, and then they would go pursue something about that particular thing. So it was all these different things that would just initiate. But what I what I really wanted for my kids is at the end of the day, by the time they graduated from high school, I wanted them to have the big picture of history. Like I wanted them to understand how Bible history and world history were intricately weaved together. Mm-hmm. Like they were not separate deals, but we kind of learned them that way. I mean, typically they're not separate. They are very much related. And all of a sudden we realize that history is his story. Like God is the ruler over history and he weaved all of these different things together. And, and, and all of a sudden it it gives us a picture of God and that's what I really wanted. And so that's why my choice for our family was typically the mystery of history because it's story-like and I could streamline things and I didn't have to do all the activities in there, but we could, some days we're like, Hey, let's try this out. You know, let's go ahead and do this activity. What do you think? Or pick something from this list that you want to do or write a summary. You can do one or the other. Yes, I love that. And I love that because you didn't have such a rigorous schedule, you had the freedom to take time to do that as you were led to do that, right? Exactly. That's That's exactly right. So we always had our schoolwork done by noon until high school. They worked a little bit past that. So, um, you know, and really the honest truth is you you talk about college. Honestly, it's not going to matter that much that you hit the books hard in seventh and eighth grade. What's going to matter is that your kids, when you got into, and this is what I told my kids, I said, listen, when you get to ninth grade, like we're just going to keep this rhythm we've got. But when you get into ninth grade, things are going to change because I knew developmentally that's about the time they're ready to take on new challenges. They can yes. handle it. Uh, they're, they've got more logic, you know, set up in their brains. They're, they're there, you know. And so we would sit down and we'd look at this transcript and we'd say, okay, this is over the course of four years. You're going to need to, you know, do these things. Let's talk about how you're going to get to that goal. So we're going to take it. We're not taking, obviously, the whole elephant at one time. We're mm-hmm. going to, we're just going to take one bite at a time. And so mm-hmm. we're going to do freshman year. These mm-hmm. are the things that look like, you know, we would have an even split between all the things over the four years. Um, so you're not overwhelmed at any time. And so let's talk about what, how, how you want, how do you want to do math? Like, do you want to take a math class? Do you want to do a textbook? Do you want to do something online? Do you want to do a DVD thing? Um, do you want to just do something independently? You tell me what you want, and then I will find the resources. And then you can pick from those resources, what you actually want to do. And all of a sudden they're fully engaged. Yes. Because I told them, I said, when you get that diploma, I want you to be proud of you. I don't want you to get that thinking, mom helped me get this. I want you to take that thing and go, I did this. I did this. And so it's about setting a goal. You're teaching them to set a goal and to, and to come up with action steps to meet that goal, which is what they'll need in college. Yes. And in life. And and what I love and what I sense from how it sounds like you approach things is there was such a element of respect. It sounds like the kids felt like you were really giving them ownership over their education, that you trusted them to make good choices. Mm-hmm. And that all comes from building that relationship, which you know, happens in those years leading up to it, which I just think is beautiful. I just, this week, you know, as we record, I'm just starting the homeschool year with my little Levi. And, you know, I've just sat down and looked at him and I've just reiterated, I am for you. Like, Mm -hmm. this is all because I love you and I believe in you. And I want to talk about what your goals are and how I can help you get there. And it's not always going to be fun when you're 11. It doesn't sound like fun to, you know, learn the, you know, 
math facts and all the rest, but just letting them know that you are for them and you're on their side. And so I just love that relationship element. Mm -hmm. And that makes all the difference in the world. My kids did feel like um, I respected them. And when I've asked them, what was your favorite thing about high school? Because I asked them, I asked a a bunch of them because I was writing a workshop on um, homeschooling high school for a conference that I was speaking at. And I thought, I don't even know if I'm qualified to do this, you know, (laughs) because I just feel like we did what was so organic for us that it doesn't feel like any big deal. But when I I thought, okay, all I can do is share my experience. You know, I can't share someone else's experience, but I can tell them what we did and why it worked, why I think it worked for us. And then I can tell them, I was able to help connect how we did high school with, with, and how that affected them as adults. And I could actually ask them that question. Like, what did I, what did did we do in high school that you felt like really impacted you as an adult? And a couple of them, well, all of them were very much like one of my favorite things was that I got to choose how I was going to learn something. And, you know, and, and it's at the end of the day, you know, like if they make a mistake and it's not the right thing. Like they realize I'm not an auditory learner. This is a bad idea. I, I can't do audiobooks. I get too distracted. I need something more visual. Then guess what? They just learn something about how they learn and they will have that knowledge for the rest of their lives. So when they go into college or have to learn something for a new job, they know that about themselves. And so, um, yeah, they felt very respected, very valued. And I'm, I'm so thankful because, um, you know, you're just, you're, you're just figuring it out as you go along, right? Right. right. <laughs> but, but, but you're doing it together. And I love right. that so much. Right. And I just think knowing that your mom is confident that you're going to, that you can achieve those goals, that you can make it to the end. right, friends, I hope you are enjoying this conversation. And I just want to pause real quick to give you a reminder about something very special coming up this fall. Now, as parents, it's easy to feel alone in the pressure to raise kids. It often feels like everyone else has some secret sauce and we're just left guessing what the ingredients are. Anyone else relate to that? But the truth is there is strength in numbers and it truly takes a village to raise kids who know and love God. So this October 15th, and 16th, mark your calendar. Christian Parenting is hosting its third digital event and is pulling together the best of the best to speak into specific topics that every parent wants to know. Like every parent wants to know, how do I help my child with their fears? How do I raise my daughter to have a healthy body image? How do I raise justice-minded kids? How do I pray effectively for my children? How do I navigate teaching my kids about money? Well, at this two-day digital event, you'll hear from Candace Cameron Buer, Christine Kane, Anthony Evans, Jess Connolly, Ashley Abercrombie, and more. So there will be a link in my show notes, but if you want to go directly there, you can go to bit.ly forward slash boy mom every parent. I know that's a little long, so I'll say it one more time. It's bit, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash boy mom every parent. This is the every parent wants to know event and you're going to love it. I'm so looking forward to learning from these incredible people. And so again, use the show notes to grab my link, or you can go to bit.ly forward slash boy, mom, every parent. I hope you love the event. And now we're going to get back to this conversation with Dorenda. I hope you enjoy. 
Okay, so talk to us about, for those listening who are like, you know, just still considering homeschooling, what is the biggest myth you believe in regards to homeschooling? Well, I think the first one, I think I already talked about that it has to take seven, eight hours a day. Um, we know that's not true. Okay, so um, the second one, I think it's, you know, really socialization. I don't know why this is still even a topic. I'm I know, and I, you. I love how you talk about it in the book. So give us, give us your perspective on socialization. Well, I kind of think of it as, as you know, so there's a difference between socialization and socializing, mm, right? Okay, yeah. so socialization to me is about conformity. And I'm sorry, I don't want a child who just conforms. I want a child who can think for themselves and can say, uh, nope, this is a bad idea. I'm not doing it. Yes. Amen. <laughs> um, versus socializing. Like this is what we're doing. We're socializing right now. And when we go to the grocery store and the post office and, you know, we, we get together with friends, we're socializing, right? Well, guess what? Homeschoolers do that all the time. Totally. And when we go to the grocery store, we take our kids with us and they watch us and they learn, oh, this is how we talk to a cashier. This is how we use our manners. This is how we, you know, are aware of our surroundings and don't stand in front of people's carts and things like that. You know, um, these are all things they can just learn in everyday life, just having them alongside of us. And, you know, and really, I mean, at the end of the day, are we really happy with the results we're seeing from all this great socializing that's happening in school? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. I was I was nodding and grinning reading what you said about that because it's like, is that what people are comparing it to? When the first question, and you mentioned that in the book, you know, the first question out of people's mouth is usually, oh, but what do you do about so socialization? And I love that you said, well, how do you feel the socialization is going in the schools? Is is that is that working for you? Because right. Yeah, yeah. And they'll say that right after they got done having a conversation with your five-year-old. Right. Exactly. And you're like, are you not making the connection here? Does this kid seem like he has a hard time socializing? It you is know? so true. Oh, and, yeah. and at my age, you know, I'm, I'm in my fifties now and I've been fielding this question for over a quarter of a century, I have to really bite my tongue because there are times that I'm like, oh, I could get so snarky totally, here. Totally, totally. And I have to stop myself and just go, they don't get yeah. like, Yes. You know, so. Yes. Oh and I get that people are just somehow conditioned to have to ask yes, that. Yes. That's and yet, what it is. I'm with you. I'm like, can we just end that question? If, can if we you just know, not? Can we not go there? <laughs> yes. Especially for those that know Ooh, our kids because right. it's clearly not an issue. But right. anyways, for those listening who are concerned about socialization, let us tell you it's not an issue. Just the, the, really it, actually the issue is getting blessing. them to stop talking. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. I was just laughing last night because I'm like, my 11 year old has so many questions. I think more than any of his older siblings, but I was like, I love it because they're such good questions. I mean, they're just one after another. And if there's something on the news or in our conversation, it's just, but they are good questions. And so, yeah, I, I love it. Okay. Well, you and I could talk a whole long time and there's a couple more questions I wanted to get to before we wrap up. So, um, Community. You do recommend, if you're going to homeschool, keeping kids plugged into homeschool kind of community. I'm out in the country. I don't have a lot of options, but what do you, what do you recommend about community with homeschooling? Well, you know, in the, in that chapter in the book, I go through a list of questions to help parents sort of, um, 
figure out what kind of tribe would be the best for them. But if I'm going to be honest, we we had just one thing that we did every week for years, and that was it. And, they, and we went through, I mean, I think the first 12 years that we had kids, we weren't involved in anything. And, and, but, you know, of course we've got a boatload of kids, but we yeah, also you have your get, own tribe. yeah, but we also get to get, got to, we, we get together with people all the time, like to, to, you know, twice a week. And for me with trying to keep the house from falling down around us and take care of toddlers and diapers and, you know, keeping kids on some sort of routine nap schedule, it just wasn't realistic. And so you really have to think about the season of life that you're in. You have to think about your kids. You have to consider everything because, you know, I know that some people will say, well, this one of my children is, he's very, she's very, very social. And so we really need to be involved in something. And then they'll drag the entire family for that one kid. And it's like, you know, can, you know, I understand what you're thinking here, but at the end of the day, is this really what's best for everyone? And so as moms, we have to make that call. And so being, just being prayerful. And like I said, going through that list of questions, asking yourself, um, you know, things like, you know, what season of life am I in? Um, what kind of kids do I have? What are their personalities? Mm -hmm. Um, is there, you know, is there an area where I feel like, you know, um, well, for instance, how often am I willing to leave the house? What days work best to be away from home? What am I hoping to find in a homeschool group? Maybe you're just looking for support from other moms. Well, you can plan just play dates for that. You can go to the park, you can go, you know, hiking or whatever. Um, and, and just get together. We did a lot of that, just getting together with other families. Cause the truth is kids will take off and they will play and they will entertain themselves Mm -hmm. and all of that. Sometimes some moms want a little more structure. You could get a, I actually have a podcast on how to start a small co-op. So maybe you have three or four other moms and you each take turns. So one week, one mom will do like, um, you know, she loves baking or whatever. So she'll bake bread with all the kids. And the next week, another mom's like, I love science. I want to do a science project. And the next week, maybe arts and crafts. And because glitter was banned from our house. Um, (laughs) I don't do glitter. It's probably part of the reason God only gave me gave me a lot of boys yeah, yeah. Um, and because I just, I don't like all that stuff. No. And so they went and did that somewhere else. It was sure. great. I love it. I <laughs> so love these it. are, those are some of the things you can, you can I ask yourself. It. So good. Yeah. We, we were involved in a co-op in the, um, my first, when my first three sons were elementary age. And then it just got to the point where uh, our school day just had so much in it and they were competitively surfing and all that. And so I was like, you know, we kind of have our own co-op in the house yep. now, Yes, yeah. but, but now that I'm going to have pretty much one child only, I'm looking at the different ways I can get him connected with other kids who are learning. And okay. So one more thing I just have to touch on, because again, this is all about me, but <laughs> it's all about my homeschool year. <laughs> And I'm really working on my sixth grader becoming a little more independent. And I love that in your book, you really talk about even in, I think you call them the middle years, but that's like the eight to 12 year old years. You really talk about kids um, being working independently, how you check on them often, which is huge. You mentioned, I was laughing because you mentioned how important it is to check in on their work because if you don't, sometimes you find out later you know, Mm -hmm. that they missed something. And oh my goodness, a few times last year, I was like, wait, two weeks ago, like (laughs) you went off 
you know, this thing started going <laughs> south <laughs> and here I am figuring it out two weeks later. So checking in often, but talk to us about the independence, because I think so many moms imagine that if they're going to homeschool, you know, if they've got a, whatever it might be, 10 year old, 12, 14, that they're going to have to sit there all day long and like right. by their side. No. And that's not the case. It's not the case. You don't want to do that. You are not doing them any favors by doing that. Um, so, at, so I had someone ask me once who is kind of new to the idea of homeschooling and she, and she was a, um, she had taught at a college. It was a pastor's wife. She heard that I homeschooled. You know what she asked me? She said, so how much time do you spend lecturing? <laughs> Yeah. And I looked at her and I said, zero, <laughs> right. zero Thank time. God. I said, now I lecture them about their character, but I yeah. don't lecture them about <laughs> math and language arts. I don't stand up there. That's just not me. It's not who I am. And so from the very beginning, um, I basically encouraged independence. As soon as they were reading and writing and doing basic math, they knew what they needed to do every day. And so, um, you know, because because math and reading and writing um, and handwriting were the only things that we really made sure that we got done every morning, um, it was doable. So I would, they would have their workbooks. They would know how many pages they were supposed to do. I kind of, you know, you know, each kid, I'm like, mm -hmm. I think this kid can do three to four pages easily. And so that, you know, they knew sit down, open up your book and start working. I did not stand over their shoulders. When they were younger and still learning how to follow directions, I would say to them, read the directions to me and tell me what you think Ooh, I love that. that they're telling you to do I love to make that. sure that they weren't going to go through it and do it all wrong. That's, that's discouraging for everybody. And this also right there, okay, we, we just kind of brush that off as, oh, that's nice. But think about what you just did. When I had him read it out loud to me and then tell me what he thought it meant, he's having to process all of that and then to put it into words and then follow through on it. Okay. Those, those are whole, skills. Those yes. are skills. And we're doing this in, you know, second grade, first grade, second grade. And so by then, by the time they're doing, doing um, reading and writing and basic math, um, you know, they, they would sit down, they would open up their books. They would do, I was always close by if they needed help, yep. then I would be there to help them. So one thing I noticed with my boys, since this is a boy mom podcast, I thought um, I would share, there's all very, very big differences. Um, in many ways between the, the boys for us, for the, between the boys and the girls. And I actually talk about that in the book too. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and I, and I focus on boys, um, on, in that chapter because I think they get the short end of the stick and they get, you know, the bad rap. And so, but I really wanted to talk about how incredibly amazing boys are. So here's an incredibly amazing thing about them. I would be just doing my things. I usually had little ones I was tending to, and I'm, you know, folding laundry or whatever, but I'm watching I'm aware. I've got a pulse on how everybody's doing. I'm watching expressions on their faces while they're working on their mouth and I'm watching. And, and pretty soon, you know, maybe, maybe someone throws a pencil across the room. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. I've seen it building and now all of a sudden the steam is going and they're really upset. And so uh, with my boys, I would go over there and say, you know, do you need some help? And they would say, no. And I would say, are, are you sure? Cause that's what I'm here for. You know, mm -hmm. like, and I would think, you know, you need to be teachable. What do you need? No, I really want to do this on my own. And I would just leave them alone and I would walk away. And I always was, was asking myself, I'm not sure if that was the right thing to do or not. But what ended up happening is I have boys who have, they have massive 
problem solving skills. I mean, these guys have mad problem solving skills. Like they know yes. how to solve problems. And it started oh, back then so when they, good. being the boys that they are, said, no, mom, I don't need your help. And I, okay. You know, and, you know, every now and then they would let me, but I would say most of the time they said no. And so, um, uh, you know, um, back to the question, what was the question again? <laughs> <laughs> the independent Teaching learning. Independence. Right. Got it. Yes. Absolutely. So that was kind of, that was kind of what it looked like for us. And so, um, and then like you said, checking it, I checked it at the end of every single day. So, you know, when it got close to noon, you guys wrapping it up over here. Okay. Let's see your schoolwork before I cut you loose. I've got to go over this with you. And then we would, you know, be able to avoid any big disasters. You know, I mean, at one point before I started doing that, I found out one of my kids, she wasn't doing her math at all, like ever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, now I've got two problems. You know, like you didn't do the math and you're a liar, you know? Yeah, totally. <laughs> so oh, man, man. but you know, okay, if I hadn't yeah. had that opportunity, I wouldn't have known that, you know? So, you know, at the end of the day, it's always a learning. You're always learning something. Even if it feels like a failure, you're always learning something. And you I learned are. something. Check yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, one thing I know is when people ask that question, oh, do you have to lecture? Do you have to teach all the subjects? I have said, thank God I don't, because I, my, my sons went through calculus in high school, my college boys, and there's no way I didn't take calculus. I don't know calculus. And so we found a curriculum that had lectures online, but what I love and what they will tell you now is that they learned how to learn because they would get stuck. They would get absolutely stuck. Now, sometimes they could reach out to the professor online. They had some really great classes that they could reach out to the teacher. But other times what they ended up doing was they ended up re-watching a video over and over, rereading the chapter, re-looking at the notes, and they had to just sit down and focus on it right. until they got it. And so right. with that... I just feel like now what, what does that do for them? And they'll say now that they're in college, they are so much more prepared than a right. lot of kids who were spoon fed everything right. and had somebody to hold their hand. Yeah. They might need to go to their teacher during office hours and get some help, but they also know how to just sit down and like you said, problem solve, figure it mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. They have to be resourceful. And you know, our son did the same thing. I mean, once he got past like, I don't know, sixth or seventh grade, I couldn't help him with math anymore. And I did not have the brain, you know, the bandwidth to relearn anything. And when it came to algebra, I'm like, I know I'm not supposed to do that. And so he just moved forward. Um, I think at one point we got DVDs from Saxon Math because he did like Saxon Math. Not all my kids did, but he did. He was a math kid. So he moved forward with that. And then, um, and then he, he would get on like Khan Academy and, yep, you know, same. learn to mm -hmm. search what exactly he was trying to find out. And, and, and again, mad skills for college. Definitely. Yep. Well, I, I just love that part so much. And now that I have this younger one coming up who doesn't love the idea of being independent, he wants me to walk with him through every detail. And yet I, there's that part of me too. That's like, Oh, I love to snuggle up and read a chapter with them. And so it's oh, sure. finding that balance between Yeah, like, yeah. And absolutely, so. you know, some some kids are more like that. And so you compromise and you say, okay, I'll do it. Uh, how about if I do it for this? But on this, I want you to do it on your own. And so you're, you're, you know, sometimes it's a process getting them to that point where they're completely independent, you know, and from day one, like it is a process. I mean, 
it really is. And so, right. yeah. Well, and that's parenting, no- right? I mean, it is. I always say from the time they're born, it's our job to make them not need us. And as much as we don't always love that, that's that's the whole goal. And it's, you know, across the board. And right. we work ourselves out of a job. Out of a job. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, there's so much more to cover, but I think everyone who's interested in homeschooling or already homeschooling is going to love your book. And I still need to go back and read The Unhurried Homeschooler as well. That's what it's called, right? The first book, yes, The Unhurried the Homeschooler. homeschooler. Yes. And, but I just am loving the four-hour school day, how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. Um, just such a refreshing, relatable, practical book. So I'm really happy that I've got that. And before we wrap up though, can I just throw out my three boy mom yes. questions for you? Absolutely. Because this is something I used to do and then I got out of the habit. So I'm trying to get back into it. And I would love to start off with asking you for one boy mom essential, something you can't imagine raising those boys without anything goes. Yes. I would say an open, an open heart and an open mind because as moms, um, as women, we're wired very differently than our boys and we don't want to raise girls. We want to raise boys. And so that means we have to be willing to think that to, to realize and to embrace the fact that there are other ways, other perspectives, other Mm. ways to look at things and process things and then respect that in them. Wow. That is good advice. Such good advice. Okay. Second question. Can you think, and I know you probably have a lot of these you can think of, but a time in raising your boys that you just realized you were a hashtag boy mom, something your boys (laughs) said, did, or dragged in the house? Uh, I would say, well, there were probably a couple occasions when, um, you know, I was just walking through my house. I'll never forget this. And, you know, I don't know if you, if you did this way back in the day, we used to put out these bowls of potpourri, you know, now we've got all these other things to make the house smell good. And, uh, I remember I looked over as I was just kind of walking by and there was a, like a hot wheel in there. Uh And I was like, Oh, okay. I see what's happening here. And, and then when I found out I was pregnant with our fourth boy in a row, cause we had two girls and then we had four boys in a row, all under six years. Yeah. Um, our oldest wasn't even six when the fourth boy was born. Cannot imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, yep, I am a boy mom and I, and I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. Mm, Yeah. Hot wheels. I have such a great relationship with our boys and they're so protective of me and they're just, they're just amazing. Uh, one son in particular, I call him the helicopter son, uh, because he's always like, mom, mom, I think maybe that might be too stressful for you. I think you should maybe not do that. I love it. I love it. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. Last question. If you were to look back and give a little bit of wisdom or encouragement to the the younger you, the Dorenda, who's just bringing that first son home from the hospital, uh, what kind of advice or wisdom would you give yourself? I think just enjoy him to enjoy those boys. They're, they're just, and just sit back and watch them. I love doing that. Just watching how, how they did things differently and they approach things and their conquering nature and all these different things were just so fascinating to watch. Um, so yeah, I would say just enjoy them. Don't stress, you know, sometimes boys are a little slower on the get go when it comes to the book work. But they're they're brilliant in you know in in so many things that aren't book related, and uh, and they always like I, I know with my boys what would happen is it it feel like we were beating our head against a wall like they're never going to get this and then all of a sudden 
you know, like the lights would turn on and then you can't stop them. Like you can't even keep up with them. So they just do things very differently than us and um, just enjoy that fact. Oh, so good. And that's right where I'm at with this 11 year old. And I think too, knowing he's the last, it makes me just go, oh, I don't want to regret anything. So, oh, well, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for your example, for everything you've done to kind of set the stage and encourage those of us that, you know, still are bringing up those boys. So thank you for your book and all of your work. If people want to just track you down and find and follow you right now, where can they find you? Well, I have a website, DorendaWilson.com, and my podcast is there and also on all the major platforms. It's just the Dorenda Wilson podcast. And then I'm on Instagram at Dorenda Lee Wilson, and I'm also on Facebook. Perfect. And we'll be linking to all those places in show notes. Well, Dorenda, thank you so much. So happy to have met you, gotten to know you. I know that we will stay in touch. So thanks for being here today. Thank you for having me. It's been a, a lot of fun. All right, friends, I hope that that conversation was an encouragement to you, regardless of your child's school situation. And if you're one of those many people out there who have considered homeschooling, I'm not talking remote learning, I'm talking the real deal homeschooling, I hope that this conversation encouraged you and just gave you the confidence that you probably can do it and you can probably do a great job at it and your kids are going to turn out fine. Now, one more quick mention before I sign off. Um, I've mentioned it a couple times, but haven't made a big deal about it, but I do have a mini course uh, with all things homeschooling. It's where I've gathered inspirations, encouragement, my favorite resources, um, any articles or websites that I turn to, and that lives. That's not like a doors open, doors close. That is always available. And if you just go to monicaswanson.com and you click on blog, there's always a link to it in my sidebar or under the menu tab that says start here. If you click on that, there's a little drop down and you will see the all things homeschooling uh, tab. And you can just get that anytime. I think if you're someone that's really looking into homeschooling or needs some extra inspiration, my little mini course will be a huge encouragement to you. So find in the show notes links to Dorenda, to her books, everything. I think you're probably like me and wanting to be her friend about now. And so definitely track her down, follow her. where she is. And just thank you again for being here and being a part of this awesome community. I adore you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. And until next time, aloha.